How does one start a podcast? How does a person start a podcast that will probably cover tough things that need to be said? About things in the back of your mind, about the stuff you wish someone had the guts to say. But you're not sure who's listening. Well, this is the Harsh Realities Podcast. And for those who don't know what my last name is, it's Harsh. Spelled one letter different than the English version, but with the same meaning in German. My realities are always harsh. Sorry, a little intro inside the intro. Get me back to the pod. Not very good, Arnie, is it? How do you reach out to the world that seems to be quite into the small holes we've been shoved into, or maybe even dug for ourselves, and try to have a conversation? Well, Worse than that, right now in this podcast, I'm not interviewing or actually speaking with another live person, although I hope to do that and have lined it up for the future. So I'm talking to myself. I hope I'm not eventually the only one laughing at my jokes too. Future conversations that I hope to have Make it a little rough or uncomfortable, so how do I attempt to have this be worth the time to listen to? Well, the plan is to open up and be a little bit vulnerable first and see how that goes. Share my story. Why I feel the need to do this stuff in the first place. Why I'm podcasting. So in a time in our history where our society is fractured in every way that it seems it can be fractured, I'm going to come clean about who and what I am. I'm going to be unapologetic about it. Not for the purpose of being crass, but for the purpose of being what I am. Maybe different than what you are. Tell you what's going on inside my head so that you can understand me. Or try to if you're up to that challenge, all while hoping to bridge the difference gap that we may have and find our common humanity so that we can continue to talk and find our way home to a more civil and open accepting society again. I'm going to ask the questions not to be a jerk, not to make things worse, but to honestly work at understanding you. And I, well, we may think differently and it could get messy. Okay. Here we go. Let me start by saying that I'm unvaxxed. Not only that, but what at first was motivated out of pure personal health considerations is now something completely different. I'm fighting for freedom. I roll, please. I'm fighting for the freedom for myself, for my kids, for those who don't think that this is anything to do with freedom, and for the future of our country and the Western democratic system of thought, because I believe it is in jeopardy. I look for ways every day to dissent, to depo- to oppose, to undermine, 
to undermine the government, their focus of getting people to just do what they're told. I cheer for those who do the same as I am, and I'm happy to provide encouragement and resources to anyone else who will join this fight. So what do you think of me now? Have you gotten this far in the the podcast? This is the Harsh Realities Podcast, after all. I'm not afraid to look at me honestly. How about you? Are you looking at me honestly? Do you have things to say to me because of what you just heard me say? Even better, are you able to honestly comment on what you think now that you know who I really am and what I'm really about? Not just to yourself, but directly to me. Can you still have a conversation with me? One of the unvaxxed? Willing to hold out on getting the shot? One of the non-compliant? The one who won't support our civil efforts to thwart a global pandemic? A selfish grandma killer? An ignorant redneck who is just thinking of themselves? I've been told that I speak a lot about my rights, but what about the rights of others? Yeah, I've heard them all, and they've been directed right at me. And now, thanks to the leader of our country, I am considered misogynistic and racist. There may be more of us than you know. In fact, I know there are more. I've actually asked a few people who are very important to me whether or not they are angry at me. In particular like our Prime Minister suggested, and angry with the unvaxxed in general. But now I'm asking you, so what do you really think? I'd love to hear the good, the bad, the ugly. I'd love to hear what you really think. And I'd be open to hear why you think you are okay to feel that way. What motivates you to hold the stance that you do? No, really. I want to hear, because if we simply listen to our Prime Minister, it would divide further, separate us, push us apart. Maybe I can find someone who would talk about that with me in the future. I'll make sure to add a way to contact me in this podcast and in the description so that we are able to connect. Maybe we can go head to head. Okay, so I promised to tell you my story from my perspective first, and fair being fair, I'll do that. I'll do that right now. It's not intended to change your mind, but it may confuse some and upset others. But for now, maybe, just maybe, I'm hoping to reach out to those who have always been open, or those that have opened up lately, to hearing another side of things from someone who genuinely thinks different than they do. After I tell you the fairly short version of my story, I'll ask a few questions of of you in hopes that someone will reach out and answer back, and then I'll talk about where this will head from here. I don't have to go all the way back to when I was but a boy from the prairies. Lucky for you. But I do have to go back to March 2020. That was when I think we all were introduced to what life 
ended up being all about for the next few years for all of us. That, of course, wasn't what they promised us in the beginning, but two weeks, two years, why quibble? Deadly virus on the loose and two weeks to flatten the curve seemed more than reasonable to me, and I took it very seriously, not only for my own sake, but for those I worked with as well. I jumped right in, man. I initially was one of those frontline workers. Remember the pot banging? Yeah, I remember it too. I used to amuse myself with the thought that people were banging those pots for nurses and doctors because that was as big as their world of essential workers was. But unwittingly, they were banging the littlest pot or pan that they had or could find for people like me. We were essential workers and required to go to work every day. It didn't matter. And although no one really recognized our segment of the health industry as extremely exposed, my employer took the threat as seriously as any hospital would have, and we were locked into the challenge of keeping vulnerable individuals safe, keeping them alive, keeping them healthy. It was difficult work, especially because there was little support from the government to recognize us as needing PPE, support for the extra load that we had to be done to make living accommodations safe and all of the other above and beyond that essential workers went through. We faced a higher level of exposure than the folks who were told to stay at home, stay safe, stay calm. And I was one of them out there doing what needed to get done. The laborious work of sanitizing, distancing, washing hands. All the things that we hoped would bend that curve on a new monster unleashed on the world. I'll admit that my personal thoughts on the narrative of the virus began unraveling and changing fairly early on. Only a couple months in, actually. Things on the front lines started looking different or weird from what we were being told, but still I kept the narrative and held to doing what was necessary. I wasn't going to balk that. By then I had become a manager of a group of staff and my daily routine included keeping them motivated to persist with the measures until we had a vaccine. That was the next big move towards our salvation. So they said. Because I had extenuating health issues, I was very keen to know about the protection I could get from the vaccine. So I was looking for the shot to become available. But there were already a lot, there was out there a lot of banter about the issues with some and That had me pausing and not rushing in. I decided I'd take a wait-and-see approach, and I think maybe some of you did too. When the vaccines finally got released to those in our group of frontline workers, I was involved with some training for a group of managers. Online, of course. So we were all in front of the cameras. Twelve of us. Out of the 12 participants, it looked like two 
including myself, were somewhat hesitant and didn't know what to do because of what they had heard in the news. So 10 of our group went to get their shots right away during the training sessions. After taking time off of the training to go get their shots and then returning to the training while crowing about it, their newly acquired protection, two of the 10 had to leave the training and were immediately admitted to hospital for different reasons. One of them was assisted out of the training session by co-workers on camera because of immediate physical distress they were experiencing. There was a commotion visible to all of us online as they were put on silent mode and others present with them at their workplace helped them out only to inform us all that they had to go to the hospital. The other was unable to attend the sessions for over a week because they had been hospitalized under tests. Nobody was talking about these adverse events and I couldn't find anyone willing. You just don't talk about that. Now I know all of you may be wanting to jump in and do mental gymnastics to try and explain what actually happened to those hospitalized co-workers and why it wasn't actually a concern. Don't bother trying unless you're willing to go the distance and open up to truly discussing all of what we know about the vaccines. I'm not going to tell you the details. Instead, I'm going to ask you a question. Would you have had second thoughts if 20% of the people you were closely connected to were admitted to the hospital in front of your face? And why not, if not? I didn't experience rumors from Fox News about adverse events. I wasn't meeting secretly with a band of idiotic conspiracy theorists talking about 5G and ferromagnetism. I wasn't wearing a tinfoil hat so I could speak to aliens. I had to consider real-time experience happening right in front of my face. And my suspicion of the narratives at the time grew larger. I began to question whether the shot was safe, and especially wondered whether it was safe for me. Why wouldn't I have? Moving forward in a number of months, while I was still researching whether the shot was safe for me especially, the government began mandating, forcing everybody, without recourse, or consideration of any other factors, such as, well, legality for one, the fact that they are experimental drugs, they didn't talk about natural immunity because lots of people were getting it, and they didn't talk about bodily autonomy. They went ahead with unwavering directives that certain sectors of employees had to take the shot to keep all of us safe, but for some of us in those industries who had mounting concerns, it was taking the shot to keep our jobs. At the same time, the public sentiment was growing increasingly intolerant of anyone who was having any questions or concerns and remained hesitant. 
This created a significant dilemma for me since I knew that the industry I was working in had been considered essential. Beyond belief, when the mandates happened, in spite of my personal understanding that no one should be forced to undergo experimental treatments. Now, remember that these shots are in trials until at least 2023. I began researching options for a shot that was good for me, that I'd be comfortable with. Already concerned about what mRNA shot may do to me, I found an alternative to offer as a solution to my employer. I had a plan to get to when this alternative solution was slated for final approval. I would take a shot to keep my job, but on my terms. It was win-win, right? In late November, I was given the ultimatum to get the shot by December 10th or be put on unpaid leave indefinitely. In fact, the letter they sent me at the time made reference to a review process while I was off as to my overall fitness to work for the company. Much more at stake than a temporary thing. At the same time as the mandates were issued for our sector, the residents I managed experienced an outbreak. Things were about to get real interesting for me, someone who was already questioning the safety of the shot. What is the mantra that gets droned on about every press conference? Safe and effective. You see, within the small staff cohort at the house, there were only two of us that were unvaxxed. One who worked directly with the residents. Both the residents were fully vaxxed, and myself, a manager, only contacting others occasionally. Now, there was some discrepancy who patient zero, the poor sucker who had it first and brought it to the house, actually was. The health authority did their investigation, but in the end, they more or less determined it was a fully vaxxed staff member who'd done it. Never mind. It was all blamed on the unvaxxed. Right away, and it stayed that way all the way until the math was done and when revealed that it couldn't have been them it was no longer spoken of but I was still thinking about it the fallout was one unvaxxed staff member got it and was off for less time than the other vaxxed staff and the resident and the one unvaxxed manager that remained that would be me stayed working filling shifts for the fully vaxxed that were off So here's the catch. The staff that were going off were experiencing symptoms that were so mild that it was hard to believe that they would actually test positive. But they were. And when I experienced some of the same symptoms that they were, out of sheer concern for other staff and the residents, I went to get tested too. Are you ready for it? Negative. I tested negative. Probably related to a medication my doc had switched me to, but the fun didn't stop there. No questions were asked before I got tested, and after I had done the test, the nurse then started asking uh, 
different set of questions about if it's positive or negative and the wait period for my results and then she asked me my back status. Things were about to get ugly. When I told my attending nurse that I was unvaxxed, the change of demeanor on her face was unmistakable. There was instant disdain. And then she proceeded to lecture me that whether the test results were positive or negative, I must stay away from my workplace and everyone else for 12 days total. And if there were any other unvaxxed people where I was quarantining, my quarantine was automatically extended to 27 days unless I could completely isolate from everyone, no contact whatsoever. Well, my employer wasn't pleased that I was told to stay away for so long, but was willing to accommodate me for working from my quarantine site. That's right. I was required to work from home while sick, making calls, arranging for operations to go smoothly, coordinating staff, doing payroll. I was able to f do fully 90% of my duties from the remote location while sick because my test results came back negative, but I was unvaxxed. Too late, the health authorities had dictated that I was not to go to work regardless of the results. My reward has been that my employer is following the orders. That's a quote. And they stuck to their guns and kept the ultimatum of the shot or no job and put a letter on my employee file when I, when I voiced my frustration and complaint that I was saying inappropriate things to my supervisor. I no longer am allowed to talk to the supervisor directly responsible for the role I filled, not because of the direct things I've said or done, but because the company hired an HR specialist who's now the only person the unvaxxed staff members, myself included, are allowed to speak to. And oh, how I would love to have an honest conversation with my co-workers. But you know, that's not going to happen, is it? They know as well as I do, this carefully crafted statement of safe and effective holds very little water with me. The proof is in the reality, not the pudding. I mentioned the mental gymnastics that they go through to support their story. I truly have a deeper conversation with anybody who would desire to. I've tried. I mean, really tried. But they bring a rubber band to a gunfight. When I'm challenged, they expect all the data and stats to be perfectly laid out from my end. But when they speak, it's from authority, a place that dare not be questioned. And when pressed for data, they always say something like, Oh, I'm sure that there are stats and studies to support what I'm saying. But they never provide them. Ever. I'm not ashamed to say that here I am, having been faced with the choice that I was faced with chose to maintain my personal autonomy for my own health sake and my integrity. Maybe I'll talk about the integrity piece in the future. 
but for now let's just keep to the personal autonomy piece and, and I'm not gonna attempt to tell anyone out there that they don't have a choice or shouldn't choose the shot I won't if you feel you are fully informed and gave your consent to get the shot good on you I'm just asking to make the same choice without threat or coercion losing my job whatever my choice now for the series of questions, I, I, I challenge you to think about these things. And since I've already invited you to interact with me, I'd love to hear your thoughts at harshrealities at gmail.com. That's H-A-R-S-C-H-R-E-A-L-I-T-I-E-S at gmail.com. So let's do this question thing and see if I get any takers. Question one. Where would I get the idea that I have the right to choose what medical treatments I'm subjected to? Are you even aware of the Canadian origins of that concept? Question 2. Do I have a right to those choices in light of what is being labeled a global pandemic? And here's the third question. Do you personally believe that there is a global pandemic at this point, or is it closer to a bad virus that politicians got wrong by using modeling that oversold a story? I actually have a bigger question. In the beginning, probably because I was a frontline worker, considered essential and had very little choice in the matter, I had to come face to face with the potential of my mortality and decide to keep going to work in spite of the risks and what do or did I have to fear were any of you fearful maybe you felt like you were rushing into a burning building or being a superhero for your community and wanted to help out any way you could by getting the vaccine not for yourself but for others do any of you superheroes taking one for the team or the community do you have any desire to do that now for those whose choices have caused them to be marginalized ostracized punished treated like second-class citizens do you feel any compulsion whatsoever to rush to the assistance of that group or are you happy just believing you've done your part and are more content getting back whatever privileges the government has allowed you to take back for those I saw in the beginning of this madness posting that they were doing their part for grandma and community and the good of humanity I sure seem to have seen a lot more travel, restaurant, mass gathering, events, postings since then. Was it just about regaining your privilege? Or are you still in the fight for all of humanity? Just wondering. This has been episode one of Harsh Realities Podcast. The next episode I'll let you know how an outcast moves on from rejection being cut off of the things that others were able to keep because of their choices 
And I'm really hoping to have you join me in some of the next Harsh Realities podcasts. Hit the subscribe button and get your notifications for the next podcast. Let's build some bridges through these harsh realities for now.